0: hello everybody welcome back to my podcast this is just going to be a regular upload of my podcast but it's dedicated to the one and only mrs gelking which it's dedicated to her because for my fifth hour in rich language arts we have to do a podcast and um this is my podcast and this is 100 percent true story none of this is made up it's all 100 percent real it's not fiction it's very real this all happened so I'll just get right into the story a lot can happen in a week let me tell you a story it the third week of school in eighth grade 2019 emotions were running high Cosette Mua one of my best friends was in her downstairs bedroom just minding her own business when DeLuca some of these names were changed for their privacy sent Cosette a text the text read we should FaceTime however Cosette did not want to FaceTime DeLuca I don't want to FaceTime, Cosette replied with. All right then, I'll just shoot you in the heart, DeLuca replied with. Cosette was astonished. She couldn't believe what he had just texted her. She rushed to look through her contacts to text the one and only, Delilah Gunderman, another one of my best friends. Cosette told Delilah what DeLuca had just texted her. Delilah replied with a, oh my gosh. Fast forward to the next day. Cassette and Delilah are telling me what happened with DeLuca the night prior, when Delilah gets a text from DeLuca saying, I hate Callie. I want to shoot her in the nose and teeth, even if she is my cousin. Delilah reads this text aloud to us, and we were shook. We could not believe he would say something like this. This, you know, change of character was not very like him. It was a change in character. The buzz around the school was that Deluca had blackmailed two girls into sending him nudes. Then the girls' boyfriends/slash guy friends then found Deluca during the day and jumped him. Deluca was fuming. Then Deluca was making threats. Threats we all just dismissed as some twisted dark joke by someone who was angry. It didn't start out that horrible. It just started with a "I wish I didn't go here. I hate this place." To a "I just want to shoot up the school." pretty Jurassic, if you ask me but um whatever so in science we were doing a lab on launching pop bottles and there were four positions the holder the one who holds the pole where the rocket sits the pumper who uses a bike pump to pump air into the bottle thus creating an air bubble that makes it launch the releaser the person that releases the clip that makes the rocket fly and the last position you might ask the gunner the gunner is the one who measures how high the rocket goes when they launch it when the science teacher called out for all the gunners to go up and get their measuring gun, DeLuca turned to Delilah and whispered, When she said gunner, I almost stood up. Delilah laughed nervously, obviously uncomfortable. Now it's Friday, the day where the most happens. The beginning part of our day goes as planned. Nothing out of the usual. First hour, regular. Second hour, regular. Third hour, regular. Fourth hour, regular. The passing time between fourth hour and eighth grade lunch? Not so much. The bell rings, signaling that fourth hour is over, and it is time for lunch. I pack up my things and head out of French with Delilah, Cosette, Emma, and Enya by my side. As we walk forward through the hall, we pass the office. Then we pass by the library, and we head up the ramp that takes us to the 8th grade hall where our lockers are. As we round the corner, turning into our hall, a guy in an all-black sweatshirt with the hood up walks by me. He's going the opposite direction as us, though. I don't pay much attention to him until he turns his head to me and whispers, Don't come to school Monday." As the guy turns the corner to go down the ramp we just came up, I get a glimpse of his face. It's DeLuca. I immediately turn to the group and say, did anybody else hear that? Emma turns to me in confusion and says, hear what? The whole group is sharing Emma's same puzzled expression. I hurry to my locker to put my class stuff away and grab my lunch. At our table, I tell them what DeLuca whispered to me while we were walking into our hall. They all had either a look of confusion or it looked like they would just seen a ghost. We try to brush it off and just continue with our lunch. I guess someone overheard us talking about this whole DeLuca situation and told an adult because the next thing I know, my fifth hour English language arts teacher, the infamous Miss Gelking, sends me outside to the hall where two people are waiting for me the vice principal and the guidance counselor. The following conversation went a little like this Hey, Sydney, said Miss Kay, the guidance counselor hey i reply with a puzzled look on my face wondering why i'd be taken to the hall and talked to i don't remember doing anything wrong tell me what deluca said to you says miss g the vice principal with a very stern look on her face me not trying to be a snitch says which deluca deluca isn't his real name it's a fake name to protect his privacy but there are multiple people with his actual name at our school so you know which deluca we're talking about we're not here to play games sydney "'Miss G says sternly while giving me a death stare. "'Oh, you mean the one in eighth grade?' "'I say, not trying to imply I was going to not pretend what was going on. "'Yes,' says Miss K. "'Yeah, he told me not to come to school on Monday,' I said. "'Anything else?' Miss G says in a stern voice, "'her eyes ripping into me like an eagle looking at its prey. "'He also said he was going to shoot up to school,' I said. "'They both stopped writing on their post-it notes and looked up at each other.' Like they seen a ghost, both sharing a spooked look. You're gonna have to come down to the office with us, says Miss K. We walk down to the office, and Miss K sits me down in a chair in her room. Miss K and G sit on the desk, and the question I've been dreading comes Tell us everything that you know. I try to come up with an excuse on why I shouldn't tell, but Miss G looked at me with a stare that could kill. I tried not to speak but once again she said to tell the story this time louder and slower when she raises her voice for the third time i snap i tell the story but i leave out names because i'm still not a snitch she tells me to say names but i'm not a snitch so i say who they already know they already know that deluca delilah and cosette were involved as i tell the story i just told you as i reveal and confirm their involvement delilah and cosette get pulled down to the office but here's the thing. In stressful slash, like, bad, scary situations, Cowsette is the one that laughs. Delilah is the one that starts crying, and I'm the one that just sits and stares at the wall in a, with a blank look all over my face. So, Delilah gets called down to the office and gets sit down in Miss G's room, alone. Miss G starts talking to Delilah when suddenly Delilah bursts into tears. Miss G leaves and calls Cosette down to the office and puts her into Miss K's room next to me. So it's me and Cosette sitting next to each other in Miss K's room and Miss K and G sitting across from us on top of the desk. I'm diagonal from Miss G and Cosette is diagonal from Miss K. The room is completely dead silent. You could hear a pin drop, you could hear a rat fart it's silent until Miss G says, Cosette, tell us what happened with DeLuca. When he said he was going to shoot up the school, Cosette says. Yes, but what he said to you too, Miss K says. Cosette gives a confused look to them. Miss K and G look at me like I told him a lie, ready to pounce and report me. You know, when DeLuca said he was going to shoot you in the heart and Callie in the nose and teeth, I said, Cosette, Bursts out laughing. Do you girls think this is a joke? Yells Miss G as she slams her hands on the desk. Me and Cosette tighten up. We sit straight up in our chair and put our back against the backrest that so we have not been using this entire conversation. We just want to know what's going on, says Miss K lightly. It was almost as if we were being interrogated by good cop Miss K, bad cop Miss G. Cosette proceeded to tell the same story I told, and once it was confirmed, Cosette left the room and joined Delilah in the other room to comfort her. "'Okay, we're gonna have you write a report "'and be very detailed. "'The police are probably going to see it,' says Miss Kay. "'I'm a bit crazed that I'm gonna be writing a report "'that the police are gonna see. "'I never thought that something like this "'would get that out of hand, "'where the police are getting involved.'" "'I finished writing the report,' and they say I can stay in the office during sixth hour. Miss K and Miss G went into a different room with Deluca for sixth hour, and I joined Cosette and Delilah and we talked for the rest of the hour. We went home as narvel and found out that Deluca was actually expelled from the entire district. I never thought he could be capable of this. He was just a quiet kid that we recently started talking to like a couple weeks before. Delilah and Cosette knew him earlier than that, but for me, I just started talking to him like two or three weeks prior. So, right at the beginning of school and never would have thought he would have been capable. Maybe an in-school suspension, an out-of-school suspension, a care, but not expelled from the entire district. But, the moral of the story is to watch what you say, because it can come back and hurt you. A lot can happen in a week. All right see you later thanks for listening my name is Sydney Mastad and this is my coral reefs project for Miss Carrie's class so my first source is theguardian.com and some of the problems that they highlighted was the decline of grazers which Grazers are basically important fish in the marine ecosystem, as they eat the algae that can smother corals. And types of grazers are sea urchins and parrotfish. And the solutions to um, helping the decline of grazers is to resort to restore the key fish population, and to stop overfishing. And overfishing goes with tourism and pollution, whereas more people keep going there. It's making more demand for fish um, to be eaten at, like, seafood restaurants. Therefore, overfishing happens. And the Caribbean is home to 9% of the world's coral reefs, but only one-sixth of the original coral cover remains. So my next source is therooters.com. And basically, um, a problem is that a fisherman for three decades knew little of the importance on the fish in the reefs. So they're more worried about their income and their livelihoods over the keeping the um, undersea ecosystem alive and healthy. But that's what they need if they want to keep fishing is to keep the undersea population going. And so his quote was that I now know corals are cradles for fish, and healthier corals equals more fish. So corals are important for everyone, Xavier Barker says. Fishermen are now being paid $125 a month by the government to farm coral in an undersea gardening project, which is helping, which is helping, the population of the fish. Um, an issue is coral bleaching, and coral bleaching is. Um, a whitening driven by temperature changes or other stress that can kill the coral if it is severe enough. Corals are also at risk as oceans become more acidic as they absorb the increasing amounts of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Another quote is, corals are particularly vulnerable due to the warming of the oceans, rising sea levels, and coral bleaching. Eric Castro, deputy of the Carolina Sea and Coast Division says. It takes about a year for less than 7 centimeters, 2.5 inches long, to grow into the size of a basketball. Coral reefs can help absorb energy from waves generated by hurricanes, storm surges, and tsunamis, protecting the coastal communities and beaches behind them, which is another reason or like another like, example on how corals can help protect the out-of-sea community and ecosystem. And another quote is, corals are like natural walls. They're very strong, solid structures that can resist against the impact of waves, says Maya Corales, who is the depositioner of the, of the Carolina and Coast Division. So, my basically, my last source is thehill.com. And that's what all of this following is coming from so um, some problems are the corals are dying and the solutions is scientists are fighting back with growing an arsenal of weapons scientists uh, like they're helping grow weapons and growing new corals Um, another problem is half of all the corals in the Great Barrier Reef died due to a backup of bleach and scientists hope they can help increase resilience among corals although some of the techniques are controversial and here are several of the new techniques that scientists are using to hopefully prevent the death of more corals or the destruction so even though some of the ways or techniques are controversial Jessica Levy, Restoration Manager at Coral Restoration Foundation, says, if we do nothing, we lose everything. And the first technique that they are using is replanting. Replanting nursery-grown corals is one of the most successful methods for restoring reefs. For example, coral tree allows conservationists to suspend small, Corals like ornaments to grow in the ocean. Most typical method is to snip a piece of coral that already exists, grow it at the nursery, and once it is big enough, replant it in the ocean. You can make more biomass by doing that in a controlled environment, Liliana Brigata Bamis Penn State says. There are more species on coral reefs than any other place in the ocean, and more than a fifth of the world's coral reefs are damaged or lost, and another 35% can be lost in the next 10 to 40 years. Heatwaves due to global warming over the past 20 years have killed or bleached corals. In Hawaii, Galapagos, Australia, a giant raft of floating pumice rock spotted near Australia could help to replenish the great barrier reef volcanic rocks might help transfer colonies of barnacles, corals and other organisms so another way Um, like another technique is boosting diversity and coral recruits is the resulting baby coral it takes three days for the larvae to be strong enough to swim and one more day to be able to find a solid surface to metamorphosize into an adult coral metamorphosis is done in a lab or in a floating hatcheries where larvae is attached to small chunks of reefs and are transported into a reef by divers to continue to keep growing um the third technique is cryobanking and scientists think about how they can preserve the reefs in the future cryobanking. Coral banks in the US and Australia hold genetic material from more than 30 coral species. In 2018 a Hawaii based team had a breakthrough. They used an anti freeze solution mixed with gold particles and a uh, quick thaw lasers so they can chyrogenically freeze and unfreeze coral larvae. Um, another way or another technique is artificial cooling and pie in the sky they might call it options to cool the water down. Using underwater fans, artificial upwellings of colder water or using localized shading structures. They can use that to cool the water to help um, get rid of and fend off bleaching events by reducing light stress and heat on the corals. In a report from the scientists at the National Academy of Sciences point out that these interventions have not been implemented beyond the experimental scales in the field, which makes their efficiency and impacts uncertain at this time. my fifth technique that i was sharing is genetic engineering genetic engineering takes field millions of dollars are being put into research and attempts to genetically engineer coral the goal is to create coral that can withstand extreme heat scientists cost beating species to become more heat tolerant raising coral in hot water genetic engineering algae coral on for oxygen and other nutrients. By genetically engineering algae, it can help the corals survive bleaching. Cons are by editing a species to be stronger in one way, it can make it weaker in another way. There's also a chance that by engineering a new coral could become an invasive species which could potentially wreak havoc on certain marine ecosystems. My sixth technique I'll be sharing with you is reef insurance and now storms are becoming more and more intense and more devastating as the world warms there is now an insurance policy for reefs the coastal zone management trust a partnership between the Mexican state of government of Quintana Roo hotel owners the nature conservatory and the National Parks Commission bought the world's ever first coral insurance policy And finally, my last technique that I'll be sharing is is to fight climate change. And to help tackle climate change, a quote is, It is crystal clear to the scientific community, says Baums, that the only way we will maintain healthy and thriving coral reefs is if we limit carbon emissions. Bombs sees their work as protecting corals, as preparing for the hopeful day when we figured out how to reduce carbon emissions and temperatures aren't rising anymore. And that is my podcast on coral reefs.